Hey everyone, welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. This is the king of comics, self-appointed by the way. And sitting across from me is the one, the only, pretty boy of comics. Yo, what's up? It's JP. It's hey, JP Jones. Say, I, I didn't vote for you. Yeah, you didn't vote for me. I I am self-proclaimed king oh, of comics. Okay, that makes uh, I'm a I'm a fountain of knowledge of <laughs> all comic book material. A fountain. That's not true. I was gonna say maybe, like, maybe a drinking fountain. I'm constantly referring to you for um uh you know fountain of youth knowledge of comic books because you are invested in the scene way more than I am. I think I just have a like a inane bullshit filter in my brain that's like if. If if I if no one needs to know it, I know it for some odd reason. Yeah, you know what I mean, I don't know where I picked it up. It's just there. You don't even read uh, ongoing, like like Batman, for example. Right. But yet I, tonight, I can't even spell. You were in a very uh, interesting discussion about Batman. Yes. yes. Um, which I think is just great. I think it's great how you just have that knowledge and you really, you don't even keep up on it. Uh, you just you fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, we have a, a great show tonight. Um, he uh, was going to be on last week, um, but uh, we just um, kind of fell through with connecting with each other. So I've got on the phone right now is uh, Christopher Sabella. Chris, are you there? Yes. Okay. Hello. Uh, so. Um, and, and you don't have to soft pedal it. I screwed up. And uh, oh, I think I was even. like. No, no, no. It was, I think I was standing in the middle, middle of a dog park uh, when I was supposed to be here on the on the podcast. So. Hey, no, that's funny. Uh, that's funny because we were waiting for you to call in just in, so we started recording last week in, in the hopes mm-hmm. that you would call in or, and then, sure. uh, one of my high school classmates happened to just call me. And since it already interrupted the, uh, recording with the ringing of the phone, I just answered it anyway. And so we had a weird impromptu interview with him. Good, good. I'm glad <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. It was funny because he had no idea what, even what a podcast is, let alone comic book podcast. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a couple months ago, well, it would have been about six months ago now. Um, John here hands me a copy of crowded and says, you have to read this. This is awesome. Uh, when I come into the comic store on Wednesdays, John usually hands me something, anything new and awesome. And so I read the comic, loved it. Month two comes around. Um, we sit down to do our show here and John's got a copy of crowded number two. So I'm like, Oh crap. I didn't know about it. So I run over to the shelf and, um, it's sold out. So then I had to order it on Amazon. Same thing happened for issue three. Um, I picked up issue three, but, um, hadn't got issue two yet. So I had to wait on it. But anyway, so we're at issue six. And I thought, yes. it was, I thought it was probably the best issue. And I was bummed. We missed, uh, um, um, the uh, uh, interview when um, when you weren't uh, able to call in, but then I was relieved because I had forgotten that issue six came out uh, that week. So <laughs> now yeah, I I, I had yeah. now I got to actually read it before he called in. So sweet, it all works out then. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, do we get to know where Vita would like to take? Um, what is her first name, John? You're terrible with names. I'm terrible, with, terrible names. with names. Yeah. Who, Charlie? Charlie. Charlie. Thank you. I'm so. I'm. 
the simplest names will just escape out of my brain. Honestly, you could tell you could tell Tyler your name and then ask him what your name is and then Tyler's like, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then it's really bad because my day job is an art teacher. And so... And you work with hundreds of kids. Hundreds of kids. Like. And I... <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's been a tough year so far getting, remembering all their names. Uh, anyway. Um, so I love this issue, um, because we wrap up the first story arc. Um, you know, our NASCAR looking, uh, assassin, what's, what would you say he looks like? Do you think he looks like, uh, Jeff Gordon or is that on purpose or just happens to look that way? Uh, no, I, I told uh, Roe and Ted, like, the best description I gave them was, like I said, like, this guy is basically, like, a, is, like, PewDiePie if he was more of a douchebag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was all I told them, so that's what they came up with. Um, like, I think they came up with the idea of, like, him put wearing logos all over him. Uh, yeah, so it all just like came together well. He just lo- he looks like you know a um, well he looks like a NASCAR driver and because of all the logos and <clears throat> you could just tell you know it's all about money for him. He wants to get this shot in. He wants to actually lure her to the spot. Uh, and my favorite part is when they sit down to look at his crayon drawings and getting to see his idea of how he's going to actually do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that was a that was a really uh, like I was sort of in the same spot as he was where I I had basically when I wrote the outline I was like and then he unfurls his big trap and then I think I've gotten to issue four and I was like what is his big trap yeah um, like I just like I knew generally how it was gonna go but I hadn't I was like oh crap like you know the the worst part is like you know. Um, you know, it's very easy to say like, oh yeah, and then there's a devious trap, but like actually having to sit down, figure out like, um, luckily I grew up like making, uh, little, uh, notebook drawings of dungeons yep. in like, uh, plot, plot line notebooks. So, um, I feel like I, I did my, my homework on that a long time ago and it paid off. Yeah. This is just awesome going from frame to frame, trying to uh, see what's going to happen to V's car next. Um, my favorite one is the is the cut uh, um, power lines, and it looks like her car is being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to figure out like how to make a street like an offensive weapon. Right, um, I can tell. Um, so, but um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got this cold going on. Um, at the end of the book, though, they are getting ready to wrap it all up. Trotter's, you know, he's done. He's out for the count. And where does – do we get to know where, where V wants to take her? Um, um, I mean, or is that is that a major spoiler for the next issue? No. I mean, uh, well, the next uh, – basically, the next issue, they, they uh, are making their way to their next location. Um so the next issue is kind of a bottle issue, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's them uh, basically taking um, our version of uh, that Elon Musk train yep. somewhere. Yep. So that's that's the first issue of the next arc is, uh, and I, I mean we basically already set where they're going, but yeah. like you know we still kind of leave it up in the air. But like um, we have several locations that 
throughout the whole storyline they're going to hit. So this is just like the first step of many. I hope um, it's I hope it's Vegas like uh, like Charlie suggests. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. I'll just say it's Vegas. Yeah, yes, I mean, that's yes. uh, the um, trouble she could get into. No, I love it when she says Vegas in in, in the closing of the comic here. It's funny. Um, so this uh, stranger at the gas station, I suppose he's going to be following them for a while, or do we know who he is already? I I tried to look back and see if we knew who that was. No, he's just you know he's one of you know. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people who know about Charlie and, you know, yep. I mean, that's the thing I found interesting about it is that, you know, like Charlie really is like a, a sort of like a lottery ticket blowing down the street. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, but in order to pick it up, like you have to murder somebody. Um, right. So, it, so it's like, you know, you could just be going about your day and then look over while you're pumping gas and it's like, Oh, there's that, lady i saw on tv and you know she's worth two million dollars if i kill her um you know like i think you know uh certainly a frightening amount of people that we all know uh, would do uh, it ourselves included yeah uh would would definitely like at least think think about it pretty hard yeah so so yeah he's just one of many um and yeah just wanted to like kind of end on that note that like well just because they're leaving la doesn't mean like um, like, it, like it's going to get any better for them, yeah. Well, and we should probably backtrack just a, just a tad here. I know we went right into it, but I mean, sure. with this book um, released in August of 2018, now last year, uh, some of our some of our listeners may not even know of or about this book. Oh, yeah, you you're right. I mean? Well, we've covered it quite a bit, so I kind of would expect. I kind of thought. Expect them to I thought our listeners well. would know what it is because every issue we've had it covered on this show no i hear you man i hear you but i mean ultimately this is a very satirical book about the modern day times that we live in yes um where the world is run on job shares and apps uh charlie is a, a prime example of a person who doesn't necessarily hold a job per se her job is run by her apps right that's her life i love it uh, that's it's great and that I mean, is such a good i was telling uh john a little bit ago different john um that He's like, oh, I should start reading this, and in, yes. that's exactly how I just described it. I said, mm-hmm. it's it's a good commentary on how our world actually is today. You right. know, and one of those apps happens to be Reaper, a crowdfunding platform for assassins. Uh, she finds out that she is a primary target on that app, and her bounty is very enormous. It's and huge. It's substantial at very, the beginning. Yeah. Yes, she hires a very low rent bodyguard through yet again another app. And on ensues this very large cat and mouse chase. More and more is coming out about this low rent uh, um, bodyguard she hired, though. Indeed. So that kind of catches everybody up. Uh, So it's just a cat and mouse against these two against the city kind of thing. And they're trying to they're trying to kill her because she's worth a lifetime worth of money, if not more. Right. So, Chris, um, what inspired you to like think about writing a humorous but kind of a slice of life book based around phone apps um i guess that's a um, pretty unique idea yeah i mean the, the all the other stuff kind of came uh last I, I i just initially had the idea of like people crowdfunding an assassination right. um specifically like around like you know the untouchable people in society like like politicians and such and how if if you did something like that, how you wouldn't 
I just had this thought that like, it, one, it was like, huh, that's an interesting concept. Uh, and two was like, if you just did it once, then like, how much would that change things? Like how many other of like, you know, uh, people who work alongside this person who's just been murdered, like would suddenly be like, oh shit, I'm vulnerable now. Like that, like if I don't do my job for the people, uh, they could open one on me. Um, yeah, exactly. And th- so that's like where it started. And then I just kind of, um, it was really once I started trying to figure out, uh, cause I had the concept and I was like, well, that's a really cool concept. And I just like, you know, do it as a road trip, sort of like buddy comedy. Yep. Uh, but I hadn't figured out the characters. So once I sat down and like figured out who Charlie was, um, I just, I, I remember Googling like what are jobs that you can do, you know, uh, on apps now like other than uber and lyft and you know postmates and stuff and like i just found dozens and dozens um like already they're just like you can hire somebody on an app to pretty much do whatever you like that's true Um, i mean i mean if you if you know how to get on the dark web you can literally find anything you want even just on the regular web like you know like i (laughs) i put in uh like I put in in the first issue that Charlie works for like this dog walking app. Right. Uh, yep. I remember that one. And, and I based that off of a, an app I came across called Rover. Uh, and then I ended up, I had to go out of town for Christmas. So I ended up signing on, like logging into Rover to get somebody to, uh, dog sit for my dog. while I was That's gone. awesome. I, I don't know if we, so yeah, <laughs> no, I, as an owner of multiple dogs, I, I'm always looking for somebody to watch my dogs because my mom won't take them anymore because I have too many. I got an idea. What? Tell one of your brat kids to watch them. Um, they Sorry, do- I didn't mean The that. dogs would be dead. <laughs> the dogs would be dead. Uh, <laughs> they are bratty. Yeah, with this, you can at least like check their ratings and see what other people say about them. Right. So I felt I, I felt pretty. Bad, I want to know okay. what a bad rating looks like for a dog walker. <laughs> how would the owner? Yeah. How would the owner know? <laughs> I don't know. Dog came back with only three legs. What the fuck? One star. <laughs> <Not recognized. coughs> no, a dog comes back dead. You know, uh, you might want to take yourself off of that website. Yeah, I think you move on. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Christopher, um, you've also done um, a number of other series, but recently Shanghai Red. Um, I, um, to be honest, I only read the first issue of that, but uh, it was a really intriguing story. Um, how is that going for you right currently? Uh, I mean, we're all wrapped up on it. Oh, uh, yeah. The trade. Yeah, yeah. It was just a five-issue mini. Um, Did it wrap up recently? Yeah. I could have sworn an issue just came out. Uh, like five came out in October, oh. uh, like right towards the end of October. Oh, wow. Time, um, my, my time, um, perception is way off. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it is. This, I, this whole year has been, uh, like just, uh, yeah, one long blur, uh, because of like crowded and Shanghai, like, you know, doing books at image is, you know, is like pretty much you do everything or, you know, it's like you've become a project manager. Um, you know, um, like you brought up, uh, before we started recording, um, Elliot, uh, Rahal, he kind of said the same thing about his book. Um, 
about it being um, kind, you're kind of on your own. Is is that what you've been experiencing as well? Yeah, but I like my very first book came out through Image, and it was kind of the perfect comics boot camp experience because, like, I you know I just knew I wanted to make comics. I had no idea like how the sausage was made, yep. and. I, you know, for that book, I basically kind of elected myself as project manager. So I was in charge of like making sure that artists stayed on deadlines and I flatted the entire book. Like I did color separations before they went to the colorist. Uh, I learned how to letter on that book and I lettered the whole thing. What uh, book was that? Screamland, uh, hmm. volume two. Uh, have you heard of it? It's, uh, hmm. Yeah, it came out in 2010. Okay. Uh, Maybe it was 2011. I think it was 2011. Um, I think in 2011, but, my only image book I was reading was probably Invincible back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we came out like before Image. It was just like right on the cusp. Like I feel like if our book had come out like a year or two later, yeah. we would have done much better. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was like the, it, I remember like Image just really started leveling up um, and like. 2011 like suddenly it was like they you know they just started putting out one powerhouse book after another and right like, and that's what oh, i'm saying crap. like uh, back we then, missed the wave back then i mean it was only you know a few short years ago but image really only had a, a few um staples and that was of course spawn walking dead and um invincible was just starting back then but um yeah they didn't really have they didn't have the breadth of material that they have now um, yeah, like it's, they've really exploded. So we were, you know, just sort of this small little book. Um, but that's how I learned how to make comics. And, uh, you know, like it's kind of my ideal state of making comics. Um, like you don't have, it, it's, it's, it's a time suck and, uh, it can get incredibly frustrating, but you, know, you don't have anybody, um, making you change something. Uh, and well, uh, image really adopts if you screw up, it's yeah. I was just gonna, I was just about to say, sorry to interrupt you, but image really adopts no, the sink or swim mentality. Like, you know, they'll yeah. definitely put your book out, but uh, you really got to have the tenacity to want to do it. Uh, and I mean, they're there and more, more than happy to push it and print it and do everything for you in terms of the production side, but uh, in terms of like creatively and getting it all to them, that's on you, baby. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's, you know, that's, and that, that, like, doing that first book was such a horror show for me. Like, I lost a friendship over that book. I, oh, yeah. like, probably got an ulcer over that. Like, it was just a nightmare. Um, it was just, like, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, and then, but at the end of it, when I got my box of trades, I was like, I want to do this again. Like, for sure. no, no matter how, how terrible it was, it was like, I, I made a book, like, and I want to make more books. Um, so what's yeah, it what's it uh, like shopping yourself around to a company like Image? Um, I mean, was it difficult to get them to um, say yes to things? Uh, I waited a long time, so like I put my first book out, but that was like co-writing with someone. It was their property, um, okay. And then, uh, and then you know that didn't really go anywhere. And then I was just like focusing on my creator on stuff. But I, I I felt like I had to build myself up to approach Image. Like I didn't want. I didn't want to come into image as a complete unknown. Like I wanted at least 
to have some awareness, uh, even if it's not super huge, I wanted at least like people who had read my stuff at Boom or had read uh, like Heartthrob at Oni. Like I wanted people to know like what, I guess what they were getting into, uh, right. and speaking you know, of people who were you did you did Welcome Back, right? Yeah, Welcome Back and Dead Letters, I did there. Um, so favorites from Boom, it was, it was very like very much like a girl Highlander, awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I it's still one of my favorite books I've done. Like, and, you know, again, that was another book that like. Uh, so many things that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Um, <laughs> That's you know, you live and you learn. Without without failure, there is no success. So you can't just yeah. You know? And that's why I don't know. That's why I kind of like love the the image method. Is that you know, it's like uh, yeah. It's 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 really like you know, you jump out of the boat in the middle of the ocean and then you set your boat on fire and then you have to figure out like how to get back to land. It's like the ultimate test. Yeah, it's like the ultimate comic survival test. It's like if you can do this, if you can put a book out, and you could still want to do comics afterwards, then do like, anything, man. Uh, yeah, because there's so much that's great about it, but there's so much that's just like you know, it's very crushing, and you have to stay, you know, you have to be hyper aware of everything, and you have to, you know, like market to stores on top of all this other stuff, and yeah. uh, but yeah, like I, you know. Doing these two books at the same time, like now I feel like, uh, oh, okay, I remember uh, what all this is like, and I can I can do this, and maybe not in my sleep, but at least on a couple hours less sleep. You're getting there. Um, so you get did, picking your team. Did you get to pick all of these people that work on your book every month, or? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I, my my son, uh, he was. This is not a criticism. He just it was just something he noticed. He picked up this issue number six on our coffee table this morning, and he goes, "There are a lot of names on this cover." I said, "Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's a few." <laughs> uh, um, so, did you do that intentionally? Pick people to do just do one job. Um, I'm I'm always interested in how comics are made as well. So, um, it, if somebody did the pencils, did they usually not do the inks as well, or? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's more common to have artists who do their pencils and inks, um, you know. But Ted and Roe have been working together as a team for several years, and oh, that's like okay. how they've worked out their flow uh, with each other to sort of you know get the best out of each other. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, like it's 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 definitely the most names I've ever had on a cover of mine, but kind of, I wanted to, a month ago we made a, uh, made a comment about Cardinal Ray's name. We said, God, that's a, that's a badass first name, right? You got a bird for a first name. And we, for me, yeah, we, yeah. we came up with Condor Johnson for me. <laughs> I, I don't know. You remember that, John? That was funny. I do remember that. That was a great. Day. That was one of our stupid joke days, but it was fun. Hey, you know, we, everybody has them. Um, so <clears throat> God, my voice is just going up. Uh, Take us back a little bit with the with your creative process in terms of comics. Like, bring us back to young you. How did you get interested in comics? Let's roll back into uh, what sparked it all. Um, you know, we know where you're at now, which is doing awesome things. Crowded was one of my favorite comics of 2018. Even though it kind of came out late quarter, it still uh, made a huge impact on me. And you've done a lot of cool stuff over the years. But what really started you in reading comics, wanting to write comics? Uh, Take us back. Uh, so reading comics was, uh, I got turned on to comics by 
a dude named Colin who I went to summer camp with. Um, and he was, hey, he was the kid who Let's get... he was the kid who wore he wore safari clothes every day. Oh, what? Um, God, this that sounds cool. I knew a kid like that too. I think we all do. Yeah, oh. he yeah he was that kid. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, he he would bring comics with him to uh, to camp, and it was a day camp, you know. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but after that summer. Um, and I remember I would buy G.I. Joe comics like at the, uh, I grew up in Chicago. So, uh, and I was a latchkey kid. So I pretty much like went to school and came home by myself, uh, on the L train. And they used to, you know, before the direct market, like they would sell copies of G.I. Joe at the, uh, the newsstand, yeah, newsstand. uh, newsstand. underneath the, the L platform. So I, that, like, I remember the first comic I probably actually bought was a G.I. Joe, but like, do you still live um, in Chicago? No, I live in Portland, Oregon now. Do you? Yeah, I wasn't sure of where you were at. That's why I was telling you what time zone we were in. Because um, I hate to mess up time when lining up a interview. But um, yeah, my, I bring it, I asked that because my son lives in Chicago. So I, where did you grow up? Uh, I mean, I grew up like two blocks from Wrigley Field. Yeah, he um, lives about about a five minute drive from there. He lives in. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jeez, my throat is just killing me. Um, You're fine, not not too far from Wrigley Field, um, kind of by the um, the Metro Club. Do you remember? Do you know that club? Yeah, yeah. There? Yeah, he lives near that. Uh huh. Um, so okay, cool. I, yeah, I'm from yeah. I, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. So uh, I don't know big cities real well, but yeah, they're big. You know. Um, so I don't know more uh, and more. I'm trying to like like I I've sort of run out the appeal of big cities. Um, so. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. Back, back uh, to your, I'm sorry. Back to your comic book. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Back to GI Joe. No, no, you're fine. Under the L um, train. Yeah, yeah. But it was when Colin, like, I think Colin was the one who told me. He's like, you know, there are stores that all they do is sell comic books. And I was like, holy shit, really? <laughs> I know. Um, that is crazy. Yeah, and uh, so by a weird coincidence. Uh, the where I went to grade school, literally like a block and a half from there was a comic book store. Um, so whereas I used to take my allowance every week and go to the arcade and just spend it in an afternoon, um, now I took my allowance and started buying comics with it. Uh, so that got me started. And then I quit and came back to comics several times. Like I quit like when I... Yeah, I quit like when I went into high school. I think I it's like, mandatory in high school comics. to hide it that you read comic sure. books, but but uh... yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then I came back sometime in college, and then I quit again, uh, and then I was just like, well, uh, like it's like I keep coming back to this, like I sh- I should just commit. Um, but uh, as far as like writing comics, like it was it was. Uh, um, it was just that I've been freelancing for the last, uh, uh, 11 years. Wait, no, um, no, third, this is my 13th year. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, more, more than a decade. Yeah. And, uh, like as a, I worked as a graphic designer, but in around like 2010, uh, 2009, I, you know, the economy was collapsing and, I was losing clients and stuff, and I was just like, you know, the the only thing I think I 
really qualified to do is to write for a living. Like, I think it's the only thing that I'm like naturally good at. And it's, um, like, yeah, the, and I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Like, uh, it's like this or get a job at, uh, you know, a quick trip or something. Um, well, I think it's worked out so, for you so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just kind of like gambled. The economy collapsed. Yeah. You did this and, and now you've gotten uh, some hit books on your hands. Um, and, and I think a great future moving forward here, but continue, please. Um, do you have a f- more, like how many arcs do you have planned out for crowded? Um, is it going to be around for uh, a while or? It's four, four arcs, 24 issues. Oh, that's a great number. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. I was, you know, thinking, uh, with limited series, I, I was like, you know, 30 is always a good number, uh, right in there. It makes for, uh, nice five issue trades. Yeah, like we're, I think we're doing six issue trades. Our first trade is, uh, six issues, and that's kind of like the yeah. way I've been. So, so like it'll be going forward, like the arcs will be sort of like two half arcs, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm still play, playing around with how it works exactly, but like it won't be like, uh, at least when it's collected, it won't just be like, devoted to one sole story but more like we're doing it regionally i guess is how the best way to describe it is like so the first volume is west coast second volume will be like mountain uh time zone uh third will be central and then uh fourth will be uh east coast as they make their way across yeah awesome on their journey yeah and then uh, with this book uh the women mills have been stirring and people have been talking about this having uh more of a future than just print form there's talk, there's talks of a movie. Is there is is there resonation with that? Is, is are things true with that? Is are things moving forward with that? Or is that uh, that I mean, yeah, we. Oh yeah, no, I can speak about it. Awesome. Uh, it's uh, we we have a screenwriter, and I haven't talked to her since uh, late last year. But she dropped me a line to ask a question about the book. Uh, so. Uh, Rebel Wilson is optioned the book, uh, and she's like produce. She wants to produce it and star in it, uh, ostensibly um, as Charlie. Uh, so yeah, like I went, I went to, I got flown out to LA in October and uh, met with Rebel and the screenwriter. Um, like so, like nothing is. Uh, you know, it's been optioned, which just means like uh, I called dibs on it. Right. Um, things get optioned, but never, never, <laughs> never go anywhere beyond right. that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just have uh, to buy rights and hold on to them. So. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, uh, yeah, the one, the thing that like gives me the most like sort of optimism about it is that uh, like Rebel paid for it out of her own pocket. Like. Yeah, I mean, that's she... something I was going to comment on. Uh, it just seems like she... Really Read a couple had, issues and really yeah, jumped on it. Like, kind of like when I first picked the yearbook up, uh, I loved the idea, and then I read it, and then moving forward, I, it was one of those books I just couldn't miss. Uh, I love the story. I can't wait to read what happens next. And it sounds like she had the same reaction, and um, it, it's nice to have that type of talent, you know, wants that rather than just some guy behind the desk who is a, is a producer who doesn't really care whether you succeed or not. You know, she's taking yeah, it. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. It speaks uh, volumes for your work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic 
uh, you know, and it's always nice to get sort of that external validation from, uh, you know, I mean, it's as much as you want to resist it, like it is a badge of honor, like having Hollywood interested in your stuff, like, you know, so. John and I, this uh, is funny thing about us. It. You know, we don't seem like the type of guys, but if we were ever given the chance to sell out uh, or something, <laughs> we would do it. Uh, There's no such thing oh, as we, selling yeah, out. We need, we need to eat. I'm buying in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, literally, I was literally having this discussion with a, an artist friend of mine last night. I was like, yeah, selling out is a concept that's real until – uh, you have to start paying for all your own shit. Yep. You know, um, this this idea of staying true to your roots and everything, that's great. I mean, I come from loving punk rock and that whole attitude, but at the same time, reality sets in and you realize the world does not care that you want to make your stand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there's nobody, nobody's keeping like an ephemeral scoreboard about like how you know, uh, how legit you are. Right. Uh, I guess you're and even if they are, are yeah, like if you win that contest, like it's not like you win an award that pays your rent for the next six months. Like, uh, yeah. So you uh, held like, out the I, longest. I'm more than I'm more than happy to sell out because uh, selling out is fate. Like selling out is just like that's that's the idea. That, you know, I like, mean, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I, mean, I want to engage in capitalism like everybody else. Like, yep. uh, uh, at the end of the you day, know, as much as it sucks, we all love. Uh, I mean, we're all in this industry um, because we love the way storytelling is done this way. Um, and whether you read a great story and it catches on and it becomes the next Walking Dead, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great because in that that many more people are going to watch it. They're going to see it. They're going to get their hands on it in whatever format it's available to them. Yeah. Allows you a cushion to do more unique things that maybe you're on the back burner that you never thought you could do before. You know, if there's stories in the back of your head that you never thought you could sell before, well, if you've got some great successes, like you said, prior to coming to Image, you wanted to build up you and build up your brand, build up your uh, catalog of things before you went to them. You know, this is another thing that you can have great standing ground on. Like, hey, this. let me try this. You know, and someone's going to be like, yeah, sure. Do you? Yeah, I'm... I'm you know, it's funny. I'm looking at a picture of Rebel Wilson right now, and I could see her being Charlie. Uh, I think that would be a good Yeah, pick. yeah. Um, so who do you think would be good for V? Has that been talked about yet? Uh, no. Like, in my head, like, it's just, like, the most immediate uh, jump I made was uh, Tessa Thompson. Okay. I think that'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, Ten Row keeps talking about... Uh, um, uh, she's on the good place. Um, yeah, Jamila. Uh, I don't know her last name. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. I watch the Good Place every once in a while. Um, yeah, she'd be good fit. Yeah, like you know, does she cut her hair? Like, yep. uh, uh, like, and I, I looked at it with that lens, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, I totally see it now. Who um, <laughs> would be a good? Trailer. But yeah, I. I tried to uh, trot her, yeah. Um, I don't know. If this was 20 years ago, I'd say Ashton Kutcher, but... <clears throat> Today? You think so? He's not too old? Yeah. No, I... Yeah. We can Beverly Hills 90210 it. Like, yeah. uh, you know. I don't know, you know, like I, I, I was thinking him, but then I'm like, ah, he's too old now. Zach he's like forties, you know. Zach Efron. 
right. You think so? Uh, maybe. Uh, anyway, so um, <clears throat> any other books in the works right now that are not um, uh, haven't yet made it to the light of day? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm always uh, um, sort of. I got. Uh, uh, I have a creator on book coming out from Vault uh, later this year. Um, you said Vault. I have. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of hard to I, uh, hard to hear it. Sorry. Uh, and then I have uh, another creator on series coming out from Aftershock. Nice. Um, Aftershock is really making and, their, their uh, stake on the independent comic market too. They they came uh, kind of out of nowhere. And, yeah, uh, that Donny Cates book, uh, uh, Baby Teeth, I think, is on yeah, Aftershock. Yeah, they've done some really cool stuff. I, I'm I'm liking them more and more as a brand as they come uh, move forward. Yeah, no, they've been really cool with me, and they're yeah, like. So I, I did Cold War with them, and then I I, I enjoyed doing that so much that I was like, well, here I got plenty more ideas. So, so what's the benefit yeah. of doing? What's the benefit of doing um, projects with different companies? Um, you know, if you've got already got something going with Image, what's the benefit of going to AfterShock for something else? Uh, because publishers have an infrastructure that human beings don't. Um, so like they, you know, publishers are several dozen people um, who, uh, you know, with like image as much as like, you know, you ride or die on your own. Right. Um, yep. uh, with other publishers, like there is a, a more like, I guess, marked financial investment because they're paying everybody page rates. Uh, like yep. they are investing pretty deeply into the book. Okay. Um, so, so that, Im- that image is like, just image is just unique in the way they they have they work. Yeah, because they're not you know image isn't paying as the whole team like you have to come to image with your team assembled and you know. Yes. Um, I, think, I think at the end of the day, the really big thing is image has less to lose in your book. Yeah, they don't. If, if your book gets scrapped, oh well, it's a drop in the bucket for them. But aftershock, a fledgling company, or you know, in, in well, terms of a few, yeah, probably like five, ten image, years old. They have less resources, and they they have a vested interest in your book. They want your book to succeed sure. because when you succeed, they succeed. And image, it's not that they don't really care about that. It's just it's not a huge deal. Like if your book, they've got plenty of other options on the table, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like that's why image is able to take the chances that they do and give people they the opportunity resources. to like. Yeah, so they can you know it's like you know it's like when. Uh, an actor does like some garbage, uh, you know, pop pop movie, so that they can get enough money to do the art house film they want to do. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, with like most publishers, you know, there's a, you know, they want to, you know, they want to be successful and they want to make not only like make their money back and a profit, but they also want you know um, to build. They're building their own brand, and you are part of that brand. Um, I don't know. It's just like with publishers, uh, they're just there's more of an investment there uh, for like. Yeah, I don't know. No, um, <laughs> no I hear you. It's, no, I, I know exactly. Sorry, what you're I'm babbling now. They're investing not only in their book, but they're in, or in your book. They're investing in you. Right. They have a vested interest to want to succeed with your title and with your images. Yeah, they have like more of like. Go ahead, man. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try it. Yep. We'll put your. We'll put <laughs> yeah. our name on it. Dude. 
Yeah, and it's just like we, we believe enough in this book to want to put it out, uh, but, you know, whether anyone buys it or not is totally up to you at this point. Like, so you have to do do all the work, and yeah, publishers just take a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, publishers just take a lot of the load off uh, when, you know, because putting, putting out a book is, you know, stressy because uh, you have to make sure everything is done. But if it's through other publishers, then you have an editor who is who is constantly making contact with the artist and keeping them on deadline and keeping you on deadline and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Do you have any uh, plans to hit a lot of conventions this year? Um, Not yet. I'm... Like, I'm going to do Emerald City, because I always do Emerald City, and I'll probably do Heroes. Um, Where's Heroes? But at? I, I don't know. That's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of, There's just something about Heroes where it's like, it's this sort of magical uh, comics-only um, show. Like, there's no... And those are getting... There's no, like... Yeah, they are. I... It's starting to be... Uh, comic people don't want to go to Comic Con in San Diego because it's overrun. It's Hollywood, yeah. And then a lot of the cons that happen uh, locally or just like tri-state area or just even just, you know, that are makeable from South Dakota where we're at end up just being manufactured Etsy shops. So it's just like, kind, bullshit. kind it's like, what of. What the hell? Our, it's our, sewn to a tote bag, lady. Come on. Our, our convention is growing that we have yeah, yeah, yeah. annually. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just... Uh, six months ago had our uh, third is it third or fourth third, third um, uh, Supercon where we uh, but it's spelled S-I-O-U-X like in, uh, Sioux Falls is oh where okay we're at. yep yeah yeah okay um, so yeah we're in Sioux Falls South Dakota um, where John lives and I drive over the border into Hicksville here to <laughs> just kidding <laughs> it's a civilization to you uncouth swine <laughs> Minnesota's way better than South Dakota. Whatever you say, I just sit in my store. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what you guys little... are in my. Uh, you're in my mystery zone of the country. You're like in the part of the country I've never like road trip through. Okay, it's so too far there's north. Not a whole lot to see. I mean, oh, okay, it's a I know. Flats, <laughs> that so, uh, Chris. Things. Okay, if you look at a map, the very southwestern corner of Minnesota is where I live. I literally live on the border ah. of Minnesota, South Dakota, and Iowa. Um, and oh, sweet. And so I, I literally drive 12 minutes, and I'm into South Dakota. And um, and then uh, just a little ways to Sioux Falls, where John lives. Um, so it, to, I... I it is incorrect for me to say this is this is uh, Hicksville because Sioux Falls is a hundred times bigger than than the small town I live in. So you have a really unique opportunity, Tyler. What's that? There's a point where from you live in between those borders. Yeah. You could probably stand at a certain point. Yeah. And pee into the wind and get caught and it, be a sex offender in three states. I know it. <laughs> it it's with <laughs> oh it's within walking distance, not even driving distance for me to do that. I think that that could be a Guinness World Book record. <laughs> You get cameras on it for the big moment. You're damn right. You got to prove it. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, Sioux Falls is the only thing that there is to see in South Dakota, except for Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. The Badlands is kind of cool. But we're on the opposite end of the state from the Black Hills, so. Yes, you'd have to drive a long way. 
Yeah, I do that a lot anyway, but yep. yeah, I've just never had a reason to go that far north. Right, man, come on through. We'd love to have If you, you ever find a reason, uh, yeah, we'll we'll set you up uh, with a uh, interview on the show. We'll probably hopefully get you into our uh, comic book convention, whoever runs that. I don't know. Well, and, I mean, it, it would make sense just to make you stop in the comic shop. We right. Have. We're actually sitting in one right now. I work at one. Yeah, um, um, it's our sponsor. John, you want to talk about our sponsor this week? Yes, it's shameless plug time, baby. Um, sitting where we're at right now, Rainbow Comics Cards Collectibles. Uh, we have 5,000 square feet of awesome. We're located at 3310 South Minnesota in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 1501 Pine Lake Road, Suite 17 in Lincoln, Nebraska. So two locations there. Uh, or you can find us anytime on the World Wide Web, RainbowComicsCards.com. Uh, so is there a chat feature on that website? So can um, I chat and get you at 2 a.m.? No, but there is a chat feature on the, our Facebook page, and I'm... You're the guy manning that, isn't it? Uh, Dave and I kind of co-man it. Somebody, uh, somebody called me a dipshit. I mean, was that you or Dave? Or <laughs> 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 Just Close. kidding. Just kidding. kidding. But, uh, speaking of that, though, you know, working at this, uh, this shop, uh, Chris, we stock quite a healthy selection of your work. And um, I'd say I was, before this interview, I was actually going through a catalog of your stuff. I was like, oh, I've read that. Oh, I've read that, too. Oh, hey, I stock all that stuff. He's That's like, awesome, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's cool. a, uh, for he's like a sleeper writer. He just sneaks face. up, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh wow, I do, I do have a lot of this in my collection. I did the same thing. Like that's I said, how I work. Yeah. Uh, okay, we I like that. That's that's always nice to know. You know, I, um, what's going on with uh, in Batman right now is Doug Mankey is drawing that and and doing a great job. And I met him a couple months ago and. At the time, it didn't really dawn on me that I owned anything that he had done. But then after meeting him and the look back, and his name is on all of my collection, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that was kind of crazy. But um, and your name is very much like that. I've just noticed how much. Like like I said, um, already I already own you know Shanghai Red. I'm gonna get that trade though because I we I remember saying we were interested in it and we were but we were just not gonna buy any issues. Yeah, the trade especially with five issues. I think a trade is a lot sexier of a pick. It's just yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Good on a shelf. Um, speaking of books though, I know you since you take up a lot of your time working in it, and writing them. Do you still read? Yeah, not as much as I would like, um, and also it like gets busy, but. Is there any stuff yeah. you like or like things that you can harken back to that you're like, wow, that's awesome. I really like this. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I've read most recently. Uh, I just read all of, I read all of, uh, Matt Rosenberg's, uh, multiple man, um, from Marvel. And that was a really good, like five issue, uh, sort of madcap series. Like I like, I don't read a lot of superhero comics just because I don't have the brain capacity for all that continuity anymore. Um, um, you are uh, yeah. the same company here. We we're the exact same mentality. I I read Batman, but I've gotten less picky about making sure I have everything that comes out. Uh, I read Spider Man, same thing, but I'm not killing myself to make sure I've got all of the titles. You know. Yeah, I mostly like I follow creators, so like. Uh, Matt, uh, Ed Brisson, uh, Teeny Howard, uh, Vita Ayala. Um, I mean, like, there's more, but uh, I don't know. Right now, I'm, I've just been doing a lot of reading for research. I, uh, 
another thing, uh, like just at the end of last year, I, I, uh, got a book greenlit by a publisher. So I'm like uh, kind of in uh, research mode. So I've just been reading uh, books about, uh, what? the whole satanic panic in I, the 1980s. I, I was just going to ask you, can you tell us the subject matter? Cause, uh, but, uh, yeah, the satanic panic, that was, you know, a whole bunch of nothingness right parents could get so upset yeah, yeah. so parents got so upset about what kids were listening to and, and, and it was it was exasperated by the, well, this the, was, uh, the west memphis three uh did you get into that yeah. paradise lost kind of well, stuff no the the part the part i'm sort of focused on is like the the mcmartin preschool trial and all that that stuff like okay. where like which is like such an insane aspect of it you know where like children were Basically, like, these parents and these, like, activist cops, for lack of a better word, like, yeah. basically pushed these kids to, like, confess to stuff that never happened. And then kids started making stuff up about, you know, like, oh, yeah, they murdered live animals in yep. front of us, you know, in the in the nap area. That's, um, that's and exactly... Just, like, yeah, it's exactly what yeah. was going on all over. I grew up in it. Um, my... I was a elementary school kid, early 80s, mid 80s, and um, my cousin. I remember giving me a record of uh, Ozzy Osbourne stuff. We, um, God, maybe it was No More Tears record or something like that had come out, and my mom was just in a. She literally was in a panic that this sa- <laughs> satanic stuff was in our house because it was on Oprah, it was on Donahue. You remember Phil Donahue? That guy was uh, really big into this stuff. Where are you? Yeah. Uh, okay. I grew up. Talk show host, gray hair for 40 years. I don't even know if he ever aged, but. <laughs> he made a deal with Satan. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Um, I grew up in the uh, violent video games are terrible for our children generation. Did you? Or, or, the Mortal Kombat age of, you know, fatalities are making kids. Were you born in 89? That's so, what I thought, yeah. So Sega Genesis and things like that. I was born in 81. So. Violent video games were, were definitely a hot button topic when I was a kid. Yeah. I think I think they were for everybody, but so you were approached to do this satanic panic idea, or was it your idea to write about it? Uh, it was my yeah. I mean, I pitched it to them you to did. create their own book. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of like I don't know. I've just in the last year or so, like I've stopped kind of chasing work for hire stuff in a big way uh, and just been trying to focus on my own stuff uh, just because, you know, I don't know, uh, not that, like, anything really set this off. I've just, like, come to this realization. It's like, you know, we, we only have this, like, set amount of time to work, um, like, where, you know, we are sort of, quote, unquote, at our best. Um, and I, if I want to use that time working on my stuff um like more than i want to like work you know give all that energy to something i don't own um give all the energy to something that you have a passion for and you have a love for you know i completely understand and i completely agree uh yeah you know working at a comic shop is definitely not so not everyone's dream job but it's something that i'm really good at and i go home at the end of the night feeling good about my job and i drive to work every day not thinking of it as work and like 
numbers yeah. and like answering to people and like dealing with people's shitty phone calls because I used to do call center work. Hmm. I used to have panic attacks driving to work. Call so center work like, is fuck. We're gonna be in queue. People are gonna be chewing my ass about their fucking money. I yep. can't do anything about. Yeah. You know, and I used to just fucking yep. whip the car around and go to the D- movie theater. Didn't and hey like, didn't. <laughs> Didn't seeing how many calls in queue really stress you out? It would demoralize it, you. Yeah, I, I, I don't have that anymore. I had I call center work for years. Yeah, and it completely was, get it, Chris. I, kudos on you. Keep at it. And yeah, work work for what you want to work for, man. That's exactly the... Yeah, I mean, there's still, you know... Yeah, there's still stuff I would definitely do at, you know, work for hire-wise. But I'm just... I don't know. Um... I feel like if I can make it work, I want to make it. And I just have like so many pitches that I want to turn into books. And, you know, it's like, there's not enough time in the day to do everything I want to do. So shameless uh, plug of me here. If you ever have a project where you need a fresh artist, you contact me because (laughs) I, I, this is how I describe myself. I'm an artist that got his teaching degree to make money being an artist. Right. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting to actually get to make a project that people wanted. You know what I mean? Because uh, right now, people that buy my stuff at a gallery or something, it's my mom. You know, <laughs> so right, right. Funny. My wife doesn't because it's our joint checkbook. She's like, "Well, this would be stupid. You've already made this." <laughs> but um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, who came up with the crowded logo, the app logo that looks like a Lego skull? Um, uh, I think uh, my friend Dylan Todd. Okay, because um, it is it is really cool. It lo- it's definitely like a app logo that you would see on, you know, anybody's phone. Yeah, he does pretty much. Dylan does all my logos, so he did the Shanghai Red logo. Um, he did the logo for Cold War, Heartthrob. Uh, trying to think what else uh uh two two of my self-published books uh short order crooks and the death defying um yeah he like nails it every time so uh yeah if, if you ever see a logo on a creator on book of mine probably dylan did it oh cool that's fun you know if you have a guy that you've consistently used you know and you know his work uh <coughs> but anyway we've had our shameless plugs how about where can people find more of you? Are you out there on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Do you have MySpace? What about Christian Mingle? You got one of those? <laughs> I wish. My favorite my favorite meme I saw today. I always have a favorite meme of the day. And this today was um, finally broke down and made my Christian Mingle profile. And it says, Jesus by day, or Jesus, Jesus in the streets, Satan in the streets. It's <laughs> uh, <and> so... <laughs> Anyway, go ahead, Chris. I once, uh, a friend of mine once got an email, like, apparently somebody signed up for a dating service under and, like, used their email by accident. Um, oh, no. But it was, like, it was uh, farmers only. All right. Um, Man, there's a dating so, site for everybody. So I went onto their profile and just kind of looked around for a little bit, but that's the closest I got. Um, <laughs> basically, I have, a, I have a website, and that's ChristopherCibella.com, that I try to keep fairly updated there's a store there too so if you want to buy stuff directly from me you can do that on image Um, on image.com there's a picture of you with a dog do you still have that dog yeah yeah i just like i'm literally scratching her neck uh as we speak because um she's 
What kind of dog is I'm like I'm looking for a new dog and she is it, is it a boxer that she is? No, she's a, a staffy, uh like a pit bull Staffordshire terrier. Okay. Because um uh, from the picture, I thought maybe she was a boxer from just that three quarters of her head. Um, but uh, I was looking for a new dog, and I wasn't sure how, what their temperament was like. Oh, she's amazing! Like, uh, yeah, like as much shit as people talk about pit bulls. Like, yep. I've never met a nicer dog. Like, um, one of my good friends, he's like got a red, most... he's got a red nose pit, and she is just so gentle. Yeah, like right now, uh, literally, as I talk to you, she has my fingers in her mouth. Uh, and she's just kind of holding them there, oh, uh, like light pressure. Like you know, they have like soft mouths. Like yep. and they just they like to use their mouths a lot. And you know, then assholes uh, got a hold of them and wrecked them for yep. the and, public and bred them into killers. Yeah, yep. punish the deed, not the. Brain. Yeah, but no, she's she's amazing. Like she is like the cuddliest, nicest dog. Um, I love dogs, so that's yeah. why I, anytime I see someone with a dog, I'm like, oh. Let me let me pet yeah, your dog, waited, even if it's like, horrible. Yeah, I've you know like literally been like hardcore wanting a dog at least for the last four years, um, and m- more beyond that. But finally, I just broke down and like I'm uh, technically not allowed to have dogs at this place. But there are, <laughs> I was like, fuck it, it's a I'm gonna get a dog. Do they know? She is. No, but like my neighbors across the way also have a dog that they didn't oh, get permission for. I was just gonna say, then that makes it easy to be sneaky if your neighbors also are. Yeah, no, we're in a conspiracy. Like we talked about it because they were like, "Hey, did you uh, did you actually get permission?" And I was like, "No, I never asked." They were like, oh, we neither did we. So, oh, so, um, so I take it the landlord's never been by and actually seen the dogs outside or paid attention to there's dog crap outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, they they don't really come by. Um, and if they do, like, I don't know, they'll just have to. Like, literally, my neighbors uh, ended that conversation by saying, like, well, if they, like, uh, I guess we'll all get evicted together. And I was like, sounds good. To Give me. us a heads like, up if you get caught. <laughs> Right. Uh, so funny. yeah, I, I'm just yeah. Go ahead and kick me out if you want, but I I need a dog, so I got a dog. I pay you guys rent. Deal with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Christopher, uh, we've had a great time talking with you. Crowded is the book. Go check it out. It is an amazing book. Uh, rumors of a movie are in the works. There's not rumors. Um, he 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 said that it it's been it's, optioned. It's been optioned, but I mean, optioned. Like, and I like the way making you know fruition. And I like the way he put it. They call him dibs on it, and yes. it's nice to feel that someone's calling dibs on your artwork, that your 100%. piece that you put out there. You know. Absolutely. Uh, but you've got tons of other work out there that people can go check out. You've got Shanghai Red that's uh, going to come to trade here soon. I th- I would say Welcome Back is one of my favorite works about, by you. And you have a myriad of other things that you've done. Uh, I want to. I love Oni Press stuff. I want to check out Heartthrobs. I I knew you wrote it, Chris, but I didn't. I've never read it. Um, is it still in print? Yeah, there's a. Uh, yeah, there's uh, the first two volumes are out. We're actually working on the third and final volume right now. So. Um, I'm not sure. It's going to start coming out this year, uh, but we've been, like, just kind of taking a break because we worked, like, kind of nonstop on the first 10 issues. They're pretty pretty uh, sporadic when they put stuff out, too, Oni is. Um, You know, for a while it was just Scott Pilgrim, and that was all that was on Oni Press. You know, (laughs) anything that you knew of, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, they definitely, like, 
like I don't know. Like uh, it feels like they've made conscious steps to sort of uh, broaden their uh, like they have an, like a, a uh, what like they have an erotic imprint now. Like they're definitely like they're curating it a lot better. Like so, it's not just like hey, if you just like this one particular kind of comic, that's all we do. It's like well, if you like that, we have that. But then we also have like stuff if you hate that stuff. So. Um, Which is, and they were the first people to ever like say yes to a book of mine. So I have a special place in my heart for that. Oh yeah, I love Oni Press stuff. Um, the do you remember that um, cartoon Metalocalypse um, that yeah. um, Brendan Smalls did? Um, anyway, they put out the comic book version of that, I believe, and it was really oh right, right. Uh, I think it, I think it's worth a lot of money, and I like I should dig mine out, but. Anywho, uh, I suppose we should wrap this uh, show up. We're hitting that one-hour mark. Uh, any any closing uh, thoughts or remarks, Chris, before we sign off? Yes, sell us yourself. Uh, sell your children. Uh, so I have four trades coming out. Uh, I The Shanghai Red Trade comes out at the end of this month. Yep. Next month, uh, High Crimes, uh, that was uh, written by me, drawn by Ibrahim Mustafa, um, was nominated for two Eisner Awards, comes out from Image. Uh, uh, then in March, uh, the first Crowded Trade comes out, and the trade for House of Muff, uh, the like horror book I've been doing at Black Crown uh, yeah. with Sean McManus. And, uh, yeah, so, Black Crown is another new um, independent publisher. That's yeah, they put, out, they put out that um, Sex Pistols book. God, what was it called? Uh, Punk's Not Dead, baby. Punk's Not Dead. That, yeah. that was... Yeah, uh, yeah. I read that for a while, and then it kind of went off the train for me. A little bit. Um, yeah. but, I'm, a, I'm a big Sex Pistols fan, sucker for that shit. Yeah, uh, and I, I probably read the first five issues, and then I was like, okay, this is just getting weird now. I mean, <laughs> Sid Vicious would not do this. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, Sid Vicious purist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anywho, uh, have you ever look says uh, you've also been nominated? For, are these two different Eisner Awards, or is this this book you were just referring to? I'm looking at your bio uh, and image. Oh, it was just yeah. For it was High Crimes was nominated for like best digital comic and best new series. Okay. Uh, we lost we lost to Sex Criminals, which is kind of prestigious. Yeah. As a brag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that like, was if that was who was ahead of you, you guys are in good company. Yeah, so, like, yeah, that's one of those, like, brags uh, I like to pull out. It's like, yeah, uh, we lost the sex criminals. But, yeah, there's, like, tiny little books that we were putting out digital only got nominated for Best New Series, like, Up Against Sex Criminals, which is, like, pretty good. So, uh, yeah, that'll be the whole complete book. It's all 12 issues, uh, and it's, like, a $20 trade, so. That's awesome, and that's being put out through... Oh, is it image? image. That was image too. Okay. So Yeah, yeah. The Aftershock book is still in the works, correct? Yeah, I have a trade out from them for my first book I did with them called Cold War. Yeah. Uh so that's a self contained future story about people who uh get woken up out of uh getting their heads cry cryonically frozen. That book was they wake up in the future. Guy, you know, I've yeah. seen it in a good way. I've read it and it was like this is like Warhammer 40,000 on ecstasy. Like. <laughs> so I read Evolution for a long time before um, just because of financial reasons. I had to drop a number, yeah, yeah. Drop a number of books, so I'm sorry to say. Um, how, how did that wrap up, or is it still going? 
it's still going. We're going, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, like it's not like we, we are approaching the end. Okay. Um, so, uh, the second trade just came out and then there will be, See, basically think, there'll be a third trade. I read it. through the first arc and, and it wasn't anything about the story, but, um, unfortunately like I went through a period where I was spending like 60 bucks a week when yeah, yeah. at my, at, uh, uh, on my, uh, family's budget, I was spending way too much of it on comic books for myself. So yeah, my, my wife said, no, I, I'm always, no. yeah, like yeah, like I'm sure it's probably at some point you can get those trades from the libraries. Like I don't give a shit how anybody reads my stuff. Like, um, you know, yeah, I tend to get uh, like most of my books from the library just because like I spent so long uh, just buying all my books and then I just like I snapped out of it and I was like, oh right, libraries exist. Like so, I've been <laughs> making it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just like this period, you know, when you first start, when you start making more money than you sort of know what to do with. Uh, and you're like, oh, shit, I can buy whatever I want. Like, I don't just have to buy two books a week. I can buy, I can go in and buy 12 books. Uh, right. So that's what I started doing. Uh, and then, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, now I have no more room in my house and I'm running out of money. Uh, well, I have two collections that I do right now, comic books, of course, and then I also collect vinyl records, and both collections take up so much of my house. Uh, my poor family, my wife and I's bedroom is really just an homage to Pink Floyd and and Batman, really. <laughs> Luckily, she's not a girly girl, so she really doesn't care. And, you know, she's in the comic store all the time, giving the guys a hard time. So she, she understands my obsession, but she hasn't lowered herself to being um, as obsessed with it as I am. Yeah, you picked, like, two of the heaviest hobbies. Yeah. Like Physically heavy, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, Chris, uh, we're wrapping up here. Thank you so much again for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we love your work, yeah. and we're going to continue to read it as long as you continue to write it, my friend. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Hey, thank you. We'll yes. talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. See ya. All right. That was Christopher Sabella. God, that was awesome having uh, awesome. Chris on Such the line nice with us. Down-to-earth dude. Uh, honestly? The beginning of the interview, I have to say, was on my part was just nerves, really, because oh, I'm like, because I'm like, I know I was rattling about the comic book, but I'm like, oh my god, we have Chris. He's done so much stuff that I've read, right? Like we talked yeah. about evolution, like that, Shanghai Red, uh, and then I'm, I'm glad you brought it back. I'm glad you brought it back to you. Like, let's talk to this guy about where, where he came from, and I'm like, oh my god, he wrote this comic. Here's <laughs> here's my favorite part about it. You know, that's no problem, man. I'm here to. That's what I'm here. I'm here for. Quality control, baby. Yeah. That's me. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to talk to Chris again. I don't geek out, right? And I almost I almost felt like I was. Like, like this is so cool. It's like... Well, once you compose yourself, you'll be able to send him a text message and be like, thanks again, man. It was really nice to talk to you. Uh, the podcast will be out here. I know. You I don't have to have sweaty palms. Well, maybe you will. <laughs> I told my wife today, I said, I already went through this once last week, being nervous, right? Yeah. That I, I don't even know. I was going to ask another question. I was going to ask him, why did he say yes? Because here's the thing, right? Uh, We're unknown to a lot of people. Uh, We're just starting to make a name for ourselves with getting um, legit known comic creators on the show. I think the thing is not only just that, but we're getting people who care about it as much as we do. Right. Because Chris, um, 
him as we found in the interview. He just has a real passion for unique ideas and his own stuff. Yeah. As do we. We we appreciate good good quality stories. Yeah. And things that pave new ground and, and break new new ground and reinvent the wheel. You know, it's hard to do in uh, in a world where everybody's got their own idea and everybody's got their soapbox. So. Um, Kudos to him, and uh, really cool that we can get him on the show. I'd love to have him on again. Oh, yeah. There's so much more we could talk to him about, but, um, you know, Crowded being literally the most popular out of his stuff right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely got the most eyes upon it, Um, and uh, I think it will draw people to other ventures of his, um, just because I think Crowded was, again, it came out late quarter uh, 2018 and uh, came out with a bang was, though like you said you well, were you were right well, on it good. right sounds like Rebel Wilson was too because yep. um, why else would she grab it like almost immediately because it couldn't have been that many issues in before she uh, staked her claim well that's the thing you know I was I was taken by this uh, this idea and I put it in your hands and everybody I put it their hand put it in their hands everyone yeah that book rocks so I should start becoming more of a creator follower as opposed to a title follower because I didn't I didn't know that this was the same guy as Shanghai Red the same guy as Evolution you know yada yada mm-hmm when I contacted him just about Crowded, because I'm like, Crowded is awesome. And then, then I'm like, well, I should look what else, what they also did. And yeah, then the, going, oh, no. You're just at the tip of the pyramid. And now. then you're going, oh, no, I jumped into the deep end here. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of thing. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt this how week. How dare you, Tyler? Uh, no, it's how good for us. It's good. Uh, but no, really fantastic to have him on. Love to have him on again. Um, we're going to wrap up our show, too, though, guys. Again, one more word from our sponsor, Rainbow Comics, Cars and Collectibles, located at 3310 South Minnesota Avenue, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and 1501 Pine Lake Road, Sweet 17, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Dude, that, the guys down there. that was, uh, it brought stepbrothers to mind, right? It was a cross between Jesus and Fergie right there, where it was just beautiful. All right. You should have been an 80s metal singer. Dude, I could have. If I don't, if I didn't, I wasn't losing my voice now. Yeah, I could really get that. Oh, oh, good God. I told you. I, oh, man, I am just not on four. <laughs> I told you. I've, I've got this cold. Sebastian Bach has been so disappointed Sebastian in me. Sebastian Bach. He'd pay to be on the show. Uh, Yeah, he would. He did an episode. Of, I just got to say this because I thought this was the <laughs> stupidest thing ever. On an episode of Cribs. With Sebastian Bach, you're rolling your eyes. Cribs is Sebastian Bach. Oh, I thought you said you guys talk bad about Cribs. Cribs was awesome. Uh, half the show is fake. Shut your mouth. There's an article out there now. That says <laughs> half the show is fake. It probably was. <laughs> they would bring stuff in. Like, well, anyway. Yeah, anyway. He yeah. kept saying the phrase "mother trucker." That's right, mother trucker. Yeah. Yeah. I know, and and it just drove me insane. I'm like, really, you can't change up your vocabulary for the show, and so you're just gonna say "mother trucker." No way, mother trucker. That just sounds Welcome so. To my house. Sounds so dumb. Come on in, MTV. Welcome to Cribs. I'm Sebastian Bach, mother trucker. Let's no, do it. let's hear it in your falsetto voice. Let's. What? I want to hear you say, "Let's get ready to rock" in the the, the '80s metal voice, right? Let's get ready to rock, mother trucker. There you go. Okay, you just make us peak there. Yes, people's ears are bleeding now. Thanks. Now they can't listen to next week's show. Uh, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, hopefully I can fix it. 